0: You're listening to Caffeinate Your Career with Jennifer Way of Way Solutions. Way Solutions is an HR consulting firm that serves companies and individuals by connecting retention strategies with personal career management. Some of their sample corporate clients include Disney, HCA, Morgan Stanley, Nissan, Honda, Dr. Pepper, and many more. Jennifer's newest book, Caffeinate Your Career, is a collection of career management actions that you can finish with your cup of coffee. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's jump in. Session number two, what is healthy career management? And this is following up from session one, career management styles. So what's a good snapshot of just what is career management styles and how does that transfer into where we're at now? with managing it in a healthy way?
1: So, career management styles, there's really three. Uh, of course, ideally, I want everybody to be proactive, meaning they're paying attention to the signs and signals that are being sent every day about their, uh, I don't know, maybe what, what's about to occur, the next step in their career, things that are gonna impact their career on a day-by-day basis. Unfortunately, some people are very neglectful of that and literally have, are caught off guard. They might have something, and I would call it catastrophic, happen to them. Uh, where they are fired or eliminated or they find out their skills are literally outdated and their industry has truly surpassed them. The third is most popular, and that's the passive or reactive type of career management style. This is what most people are. Uh, Everything's kind of humming along as if it's never going to change, and then all of a sudden, boom, something changes. They get a boss that undervalues them or doesn't understand their value, or they have to prove themselves. Uh, All of a sudden, a coworker is brought on the team that is far outperforming them and really making a difference, shining a light on some big, huge gap. Um, Or maybe it's the fact that, you know, they're getting ready and all of a sudden they got laid off and they've got to find a new job. You know, we know we have to manage our careers when we're in job search mode, but it's what we're doing between that in the day-by-day that I think is really important. And that's what I mean by career management styles. Healthy career management is where... We get beyond just the role or the job we're in right now, that you start thinking about your career as a trajectory. What is the story you can tell? Why did you leave this last role? Why are you in this role? Where are you going in your future?
0: The story. So now we're getting into the how. We're getting more into narrating your own story and thinking about what's coming up next.
1: Yeah, because it's your story. You own this story. You get to decide how to tell this.
0: I like that. It connects to what we said last time where you were saying you get to own, and only you can own, experience, education, and your network. And those three things, that is what is telling the story.
1: It is. Absolutely. How you talk about those and how you leverage those as tools or resources to you will make or break. You know, this is why I can find somebody who... Uh, graduated from an Ivy League university who is unemployed, just like somebody who graduated from a community college is unemployed, because those are tools, and how did you use them?
0: Good. Something I really love hearing you talk about is how your career is more than just a job. And I know, Jen Wei, I love the way you use the word way because the <laughs> way you work, you know, it's it's really – you can – It tells a lot about who you are, your future, all that. So when you think about how a career is more than a job, how does that translate into healthy career management?
1: Well, I believe that everybody has a choice when it comes to work happiness. And the way you work, I think, leads to your happiness or not. There's a lot of things that you can't change or impact about what uh, the job entails or what's required, but there are many things that you can impact that that impact how you feel about that. And when we start talking about what is healthy career management, we don't often think about our career and how resilient is our career. If something is going to change in this role that we have right now, how easy would it be to replace your time or your... Um, how easy would it be to replace your income, your title, and your status? You know, if you've been in a role for a long time and you've, you're have you relying on a lot of old wins and you've got a reputation established, when you go to a new place, you're going to have to work differently because you're going to have to prove yourself. They might believe you and have a great uh, feeling about you coming in, but... Everybody is going to wait to see what you actually produce in this new role, right? So it's about how healthy or vulnerable your your career actually is. And that really translates to lifestyle impact. So if you lose your title that has a that has something to do with how you work and how you feel about your work. If you lose income, that can have a lifestyle impact. So how vulnerable or healthy is your career? How resilient are you?
0: I like that. In the first session, we had a few different examples of stories. And I'd love to hear a story or two that you know of that would help just kind of explain even further what this really looks like in real life.
1: Well, I think it can be, you know, I think it can be confusing for people. And um, oftentimes, I think that's when they seek me out as maybe to start working with me a little bit, is because something has not connected. Uh, they got passed over for a raise that they thought they would or a promotion that they thought they would win or something has happened typically. And I remember in one particular case, um, a gentleman came and and sought me out to work with me because, uh, in fact, he had been waiting for this promotion to open up. He had verbally been kind of promised by a previous uh, leader that that job would eventually be his. A
0: previous leader, were they no longer there? Did they leave?
1: They left the area, so they didn't have control over that anymore. So the department, they left that kind of hierarchy and were in a different part of the business at that point. And all his political
0: pull, his political pull went with him. Went
1: with him. Exactly. And he got passed over and was absolutely shocked. Devastated, probably. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, he licked his wounds for a bit and then he was like, you know, clearly... I need to get out there and start figuring this out because at his age, he realized that at some point his income is going to plateau. He needs to go as high as he can before that happens and uh, and then start staring at retirement. So he was really concerned and we started working together because, again, uh, something had happened. Now, you know, other times I'm working with somebody, I, I, a woman comes to mind, um, she was going from a manager to a senior manager level. And part of that was demonstrating leadership because she hadn't had the opportunity. She managed a process, but she didn't manage people. And so she was looking for ways that she thought would demonstrate leadership that would help convince her boss that she should be in charge of people and get this promotion to a senior manager. So She found an opportunity through their diversity initiatives. She joined their women's initiative and uh, was in charge of the professional development, uh, crafted a a program and brought me in to do this career development program, a professional development program that was wildly successful, one of the most successful in the history. I mean, this is a multinational organization. It was a big deal. And she was really successful with that. And so when it came time for review, she was ready. She was excited about it. She had all of her things that she wanted to talk about and say and her results that she had, you know, crafted great uh, surveys and things to capture those results. She walks in and is absolutely shocked when her boss says that he thinks that she's been distracted and doing the wrong things.
0: It's a huge plot twist.
1: Oh, devastating plot twist. Devastating plot twist. I mean, so what does
0: she do? So she's in the meeting. This it's told to her face. Yeah. actually, and she
1: is shocked. This is not at all what she expected. This is how far out of alignment she was with her direct supervisor, and that that supervisor became uh, more than non-supportive. Became resentful of all the resources and time that he was paying for out of his budget, that she was applying. To this other group, and she thought that was going to help her in her career, and in fact, uh, he told her straight to her face that she was not promotable. Devastating. And I'll tell you, she she lasted at that organization for another year or so, maybe two, uh, but eventually found a place that that did give her the leadership that she needed and really promoted her, so that was great.
0: But she definitely had demonstrated – she had the skills. It wasn't that – she wasn't qualified. It was – she just was out of alignment. Use that word alignment.
1: I use that word a lot because it's so important. You know, if you think about it, all good things are going to come to you from your boss. If you don't have a good relationship with your boss, no one's going to promote you if your boss says no. That raise is not going to come to you if your boss says no. That bonus will be less if your boss says no. All good things – come from your boss and being that out of alignment. And I think she was really shocked that she was that unaware. And my question to her was, had you ever sat down to talk about it before that moment?
0: Talk about,
1: talk about the, the the, raise potential, talk about the, the promotion, talk about um, how she was demonstrating those skills and did that align with his expectation. Talk about how she was spending those resources. And, you know, of course she hadn't because in her mind she was so firmly convinced she was doing the right thing. And I find that that happens quite frequently with people. I had a woman who was in my office furious, shaking with anger because she'd been passed over for a promotion. And she, the quote was, I have worked all of this overtime. Well, she's salaried. We're not paying her for time. We're paying her for result. I have worked all this overtime and then he doesn't give me the promotion. I couldn't believe it. I was like, well, did he tell you he was going to give you a promotion if you worked all this time? Well, no. I was like, well, why do you think he didn't give you the promotion? What what would keep him from that? I have no idea. I'm like, well, let's try on a few ideas, right? Now, I'm, of course, condensing this greatly, and I wasn't nearly this direct per se. But the truth is, I was like, maybe he thinks you can't get your work done in the day. Maybe he thinks you're slow. You're using a lot of resources. Because he sees you here late all the time and on weekends and evenings. Um, Maybe he thinks that you are doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Those things had never occurred to her, right? Yeah, wow. Healthy career management is about having mindfulness and intention with your behavior. It's about aligning with your boss and making sure that the signals that you're being sent, you're receiving. And that you're interpreting them correctly interpretation is a big deal.
0: Yeah. So, Clearly. Intention and mindfulness. So previously we've talked about, and this is a the whole theme of Caffeinate Your Career, the book. It's all about these little micro actions and it's all about ritualizing these actions, making a habit out of these actions of being intentional, of being mindful. What are some, I know we're kind of getting, we're digging into that how, what does intentionality and mindfulness look like?
1: I think it's about taking advantage of those organic opportunities that uh, that are that arise all the time. I think there's opportunity on a day by day basis to have these micro actions and and ha- and get the reward from those micro actions. Just for example, um, I had a I had a person that uh, a gentleman I was working with that you know we were talking about process efficiency. And he knew that he made processes better. He could get he he could tell me that. But when I really pressed, it was really hard for him to give me specific examples. And, you know, what he said to me were things like, you know, we don't track numbers. I can't just quantify what I've done. I was like, well, I understand that you don't track numbers. Okay, right? But give me a specific example. And his example was something like the document intake process. Now, I don't know what the document intake process is. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that means. But I said, how did you make it better? And he was like, well, I know we used to touch that piece of paper eight times, and now we only touch it three times. Well, that's a pretty significant improvement, right? Now, he can't tell me anything about that. He says he doesn't have any numbers. But when I ask, how many documents does your department touch, he can tell me that number. So I get out my calculator. I'm like, oh, so you just save 2.4 million transactions a year. Do you think his boss would treat him differently? If he told his boss that he just saved two point four million transactions versus like, hey, I just made this process better.
0: It's part of that story that we're talking about.
1: Both are true. He did make the process better. He did save two point million transactions, two point four million transactions.
0: That's what it's about. It's 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 a bottom line impact, but it's tough because it's like how do? You, it's so hard to price yourself. It's so hard to name yourself. You get so attached to this stuff.
1: Oh, so true. And you're so close to it. You just don't you're see so it. close to it, it's hard to see. For example, what I find is that people talk their tasks. They tell me what's on their to do lists. They're not telling me about the impact. I had somebody come in and tell me that they rerouted their trucks. Now, why do I care about rerouting trucks? Why do I, what's the value of that? Well, they saved $2 million. I'm like, okay. Well then, the answer is you save 2 million dollars by rerouting the trucks. Everybody stops at rerouting trucks. It's the task. Why? Okay.
0: All right. I hear you. Why do people do that?
1: Because that's what's on their to-do list. It's the story that they tell themselves. They are talking to themselves about what has to get done, and so that's what gets that's what comes out of their mouth when they tell the story to others.
0: Does every task have a story?
1: Um No, I think that some tasks are parts of the job that we shouldn't be talking about at all, depending on what you want to do next. I mean, I I use this example on a regular basis in my practice. But, you know, if you're a receptionist and you want to go into accounting, stop talking about answering phones.
0: Like, I'm the best at answering phones. If you keep talking about that, like, oh, so the story you're telling me, you seem to really be good at and enjoy it. Well, I guess that's what you do.
1: That's right. That's what I'm going to understand and know. We think people are more experts on what we're doing than we are, that our boss somehow knows what we're doing, that somehow because they've passed out the assignments or they've delegated the work, that somehow they are still mindful. But nobody is more mindful than you. No one is paying attention to what you're doing more than you are. And you get to choose how you tell that story. Now, of course, everyone's really afraid of overstating. They don't want to be course corrected. And people think that they're lying. So they don't want to say more than what they're doing. They want to tell me all about what the team is doing and, well, I didn't do all that by myself and all that's great. But were you a key contributor or did you help Because if you tell me you're a key contributor, I'm going to feel very differently about you than if you helped. Right? Right. Perception.
0: Now, is that what you're saying out loud or is it on paper or both?
1: I think it could be both. I think people miss opportunities every single day. And I think they're elevator opportunities. You know, like you're in the elevator and your boss's boss steps in the elevator and says, hi, how you doing? You say, good. Busy. Busy. Busy, busy. Right? That's what we lead with. We say busy. Well, Wouldn't it be better to say, yeah, we're about 80% with this project, 80% done with this project that's, you know, we're working towards this milestone on this project that's going to save us X dollars a year? You're missing a prime opportunity.
0: So when you say organic opportunities, really, you're talking about anything that's happening unscheduled, just, you know, in the break room or walking around, whatever.
1: Whatever. I'm also talking about things that would never happen if you didn't – I have this analogy that I use. Like if you're driving down the road and you throw out this piece of thread and then you throw out another one and then you throw out another one, you're holding one end, but you throw them out into the – eventually the wind will whip them into a rope. Right? And what I'm saying is not every strand has to be woven into the rope, but you've got to throw enough stuff out there. you got to have enough things going that something will, in fact, lead to the next opportunity. And that's what I think healthy career management is. It's making sure you've got enough things out there, enough threads that you've thrown to the wind. And then organically, things are going to happen from there.
0: Okay. So how do you know what thread you have to throw out the window? Like, because I know in a, lot of these, in a lot of our lives, we're so busy with what we're doing. <sighs> you know, I'm just, I take a deep breath because there is so much we're all doing in our lives and our work. So how do you find... The story to tell about what we're doing because we are so close to it.
1: We are so close to it. I think, well, quite honestly, this is why a lot of people work with me is because you got to find perspective. You have to find perspective, and sometimes that comes from your boss. Sometimes that comes from your coworkers. Um, you have to be mindful about who you're getting that information from, which we're going to get into in uh, in another in another session about how to how to know who to get career advice from. But um, I think it's really important to keep, uh, keep an eye on that. And I think that's why ritualizing your, your, these micro actions. We're not talking about things that take hours and days. I'm talking about spending five minutes doing one thing that's going to manage that, that's going to help you manage your career. It's that one LinkedIn invitation. It's that one follow-up call. It's that one list you should be thoughtful about.
0: And maybe that one thing might be thinking about this task I'm doing. I know it's, after talking to you, it's about articulating the value over the task. So maybe that five minutes each morning, having your coffee, having some silence, right? That's
1: right. Take your minutes. Maybe just
0: kind of think about this task I'm working on. This is why it's so important.
1: Yes. And that's how it's going to help. And ask yourself literally. How it's going to
0: contribute, not How
1: it's going to contribute. I'm so glad you said that out loud because we have a saying at Waste Solutions, everybody has to be a contributor right? That is what people pay for. People pay for the value. They don't pay for the task. Anyone can complete tasks. We can automate tasks. What is the value? And if you don't know, I typically ask, why is that important? And then you're going to tell me. And then I'll ask you, why is that important? And then you're going to tell me. And usually by the second or third time, I say, but why is that important? Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere.
0: Do you ever recommend trying to connect that to Your team, or your really your company's vision, is that kind of is that when you're getting close to the heart of why it's important, or is that getting too macro?
1: Well, I think that that is difficult. It
0: depends on maybe the situation. It It
1: depends, right? But what's the safest bet? Connect it to your boss. Whatever they're valuing and whatever they are working on and whatever they are looking for, that is your surefire way to success for the next round of whatever that might happen. Because again, every promotion, every raise, every, the next work assignment, you want the best work assignments. You don't want the, I mean, not every work assignment is equal. You want the better choice, the richest work assignments.
0: This may be a really silly question, but how do you know what your boss cares about? How do you get out of your own head to really know but you've already shared some stories how you've seen people wander away, out of alignment. Next thing you know, chop.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs>
0: because they're just a, it's just they're out of alignment, and there's there's no value, there's no contribution, contribution. So how do you really know what your boss wants and what your boss needs and what they value? Because he or she, do they always flat out say what they value?
1: No. And here's the thing: we don't say what we mean or mean what we say on a regular basis, right? So whose job is to figure it out is the real question. For example, you know, in my recruiting days, this happened all the time. I'd have a job and they'd say, oh, I'm not going to spend more than $100,000 on that position, period. Now, I could accept that and run with that and be literal with that and not present that person anybody who makes less or over ninety five k because we got to be able to because he's not going to pay more than $100,000. But what I learned was if I said to the – I'd say to the hiring manager, if I, so what you're saying is if I find the perfect person who has everything you're looking for and they are making $107,000, you don't want me to bring them to you. Oh, no. I want to – well, then the number's not $100,000, right? So managers are pulled in a million different directions. They think they're communicating clearly. It's your job to make sure that you're receiving and paying attention to those signals and that you get clarification when you need it.
0: Earlier, you said course correction. We're afraid of course correction. Here's what I'm thinking about when you're talking to your boss, he or she, you're telling them, hey, this is what I'm doing based on what I'm hearing from you, is, you know, are you asking a question, like, am I doing this right? Or are you showing this is what you've told me and this is what the outcome is? Maybe those are the same thing.
1: Well, I don't think that they always are the same thing. Okay, I think in some respects they could be, but not always. I think there's lots of tools that people can use to double check. Um, the, worst, the worst situation is when we say... Do you understand this? And then they say, yes, I understand it. And then you both walk away thinking that you understood it, and then you come back later and find out you were not on the same page at all, right? So answering yes or saying, is this right, may or may not actually help you discern whether you're really on the same page.
0: So there's different things you need to try.
1: Different techniques that you need to try, and there's lots of those Okay. techniques well, to Well,
0: I try. know we're going to continue talking about this, and... In- the next session, which is titled Self-Managed Career, because we're talking right now about taking control over your own story, and if you're in a place where you feel stuck, these are the next additional set of tools you're gonna share are how to navigate out of that stuck rut. Absolutely. That is dangerous.
1: It's dangerous, and how to avoid that, like the plague.
0: How do you avoid that? Okay, anything else you wanna share about what's coming up next?
1: I think we're gonna talk to people about how to pick themselves. What does that mean? Like, don't wait for somebody to pick you. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna help people learn how to choose themselves, prioritize their own career, and kind of wave their own magic wand over their future.
0: I love it. Let's let's do it. So session three coming up, self-managed career.